Next on BYUSN, so much for a relaxing bye week. Big 12 football has gone bonkers. And we have a bunch of questions, like where does BYU rank among all 14 conference teams? Are the Cougars in the top five? And does any team not named OU or Texas have a shot to win the title? ESPN's Trevor Maddox weighs in on the state of the Big 12, plus the increased winnability of BYU's game at TCU Saturday. And Gonzaga and the Big 12 are talking again, reportedly. Do we think the Zags will actually be in the league at some point? Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Monday, October 9th. I am Spencer Linton alongside a man who's having some trouble locking down his Cougars in the NFL jersey collection, Jerem Jordan. Apparently, Puka Nakua's jersey is sold out on the uh, NFL shop website. All 17 that they had before the season have been uh, sold. There's no way they could have anticipated like what he would become, right? Uh, so it is with all of us. We are to become much more than we're anticipated to be. But um, personally, I am not a wear a jersey of another team that I don't root for guy. Like, if I wear a jersey, it is the teams I root for. I cannot wear another. That is my creed. So if it was just given to you for free, let's say it's a Jamal Williams Saints jersey, you wouldn't do that? No. Because I understand the 49ers and the Rams being yeah. in the division of the, your favorite team. I can express my Jamaldom without wearing his jersey. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm loyal to uh, my teams, man. That, that's how I express some loyalty. Okay, yeah. fair enough. We, so. did have a, we do have a friend who would wear the jersey of the latest and greatest around here, and uh, we, we called him Drake because Drake seemed to just jump on the bandwagon of the newest, hottest uh -huh. team. He, uh -huh. he did get that nickname around these parts. See, yeah, so I, <laughs> I definitely under, I understand. I feel loyalty to the Cincinnati Bengals, but, you know, when you're given a jersey from, let's say, you're – our guy Dax Mill, like he has a good game. Yeah, I don't have any problems repping that. Probably because the Commanders and Bengals will will never cross paths at any also, point. Also, no one cares about the Commanders. Just no one cares. Okay, <laughs> so it's not like a threat. But but I I just don't personally want to do that. Yeah, no, I can express my uh, my fandom and loyalty in it, another it, way. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh, it's it's time to express BYU fandom for all of you watching across the nation. It's a huge week for BYU football. All rise and shout. Let's get to what's trending. And here come the horns. Goes it back. LJ. The pass is caught. Longhorns touchdown. The end zone touchdown. Pop for the touchdown. He came down with it. The Big 12 has gone bonkers. A wild weekend of football across the conference during BYU's bye week, no less, that was highlighted by just a classic Red River rivalry showdown between Great Texas game. and Oklahoma. Great game. Multiple head-scratching upsets, beginning on Friday night with Oklahoma State giving it to Kansas State. I mean, it was crazy. Okay, then there's a couple of straight blowouts. Teams we thought might be more competitive. They weren't. So let's evaluate the current state of the Big 12 Conference from top to bottom with a number of questions and, yes, where BYU sits in the equation, but we'll start at the top, which is where Oklahoma sits. Jerem, after yeah. beating Texas in that Red River rivalry, this is probably a no-duh question, but are you buying in that Oklahoma right now is the best team in the Big 12? Yeah, they have the best league win. The best win still is, uh, you know, Texas beating Alabama on the road, but Oklahoma beating Alabama or uh, Texas, yeah, for sure. It's not just that though. It's it's the most points scored. It's the fewest points allowed. It's the win head to head against Texas, 
Absolutely. Up to number five now in the AP poll. Texas clearly number one. And to me, Texas, uh, Oklahoma clearly number one. Texas clearly number two yes. still. I, I waffle a little bit because I look at the minus three in turnover margin that Texas had, and the Longhorns still had every opportunity to win that game. I, I, if we lined this up again and played the game ten times, I feel like Texas would probably win the majority of those games against Oklahoma. That's so, what's so fickle and fun and beautiful about college football is – well, sports in you general. Got, you yeah. just got you got one shot, right? One opportunity. The the best team on paper or the best team does not always win an individual contest because of so many different mitigating That's factors and luck. That's why you play. All. It is so fun. Uh, I love that. So, yes, Oklahoma right now, technically speaking, is the best team in the Big Twelve because they're the only team at three and zero. But I feel like. Texas has every opportunity to win out, and they'll be heavily favored to do so and see Oklahoma in a Big 12 Conference Championship game and win that game again, and then Texas is the best team in the conference. More on that in a moment. Yeah. So it's, it's a weird dynamic right now. Yeah, o- Oklahoma is number one, but it took minus three against the Longhorns, and they still had to have a game-winning drive with no timeouts and under a minute and a half to play from Dylan Gabriel to secure that. Those are part of it, though. You know what I mean? Like, uh, those are part of the game. Those, the, that's how you win or lose a game oftentimes. You, sometimes you have to create those. Sometimes you have to get lucky. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's all part it's of it, man. It's one game. Yeah. <laughs> okay, who's the, who's the worst team in the Big 12? It's an easy answer for me. This is Houston. Like, I feel like Houston is the worst team in the conference. And I don't think Houston's a bad program. I like Dana Holgerson. We enjoy talking with him at Big 12 Conference Media Days. But he's dealing with a lot of moving parts. He lost more than half of his roster. And he's trying to, to build a culture there. BYU did, too. so many moving parts. BYU lost half the roster. I, true. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It, it, I bought into what he was selling us in July, which is there. I, I'm, I have no idea what I have right now. I felt like BYU, at least going into the season, had an idea of, of what they had. I didn't get that impression from Dana Holgerson. And, frankly, I, I'm seeing the results of that question mark going into the yep. season. Just They have not gelled. They have not meshed. No. They have not been opportunistic. Houston, to me, right now is the worst team in the Big 12. UCF in league is 0-3. Uh, granted, you know, at Kansas State, at Kansas, those are, those are tough. But they're giving up a lot of points right now um, they got and, blown out by Kansas and the Jayhawks backup quarterback yeah uh, Jason Mr. Bean Mr. Bean um, yeah Houston 0-2 some blowout losses TCU Texas Tech yeah I could see that too um, those two have been surprising um, that they haven't been a little more competitive no John Rice Plumley for UCF certainly is a big deal but Timmy McClendon's a capable backup we've seen this guy in 2021 for South Florida so a little bit surprising. I, I go with uh, UCF right now. You are what you do. You're 0 three, man. Giving UCF's up a lot of up points. 35 to seven on Baylor in the middle of the third quarter, and they somehow lose that game. That's you're you're, you're a bad team if you give up that lead. That is brutal. You're a Baylor, bad team to Baylor at who's at not good home. either. So yeah, right now it's Houston, but it's it's a it's a tough question. UCF does does stink. Who's in the well. bottom three? Like, smell that. <laughs> all right. Uh, where would you rank BYU in the Big 12 right now? Six. I go Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas. West Virginia's up there because they beat Tex- uh, Texas uh, Tech and TCU. I go Texas Tech at five uh, because they're 2-1 and one in league. The one loss is 
is uh, at West Virginia, which isn't that bad of a loss anymore suddenly. And then the two other non-conference losses, yeah, losing at Wyoming stinks. But Wyoming's only... pretty good. Wyoming, Wyoming is they're two spots out of the top 25. There you go. See? And then eight-point loss at Oregon. That's very respectable. Like, I, I think Tech's actually pretty good in spite of, uh, you know, Tyler Shuck being injured. So, I go BYU at six ahead of Iowa State. Kansas State right now looking a little weird. And then uh, TCU. Again, oh, man. The, the perception of what we thought before the season, I'm chucking that out the window. I'm just looking at what have you actually done this year. Yeah, I had BYU number seven going into the weekend after the crazy shuffle. Six is probably fair, but I'm hesitant to go there to put BYU ahead of TCU because BYU is a five-point underdog in Fort Worth this weekend. And I see the football power index, and it's like BYU's got less than a 30% chance to win that game. Those are weird numbers given it, what TCU's done the last two weeks and the injured quarterback in Chandler Morris. Yeah, there's no – Chandler Morris why, is why not going to be available to play quarterback for the Horned Frogs this weekend. He hurt the same knee he hurt last year and missed the year. He tore his MCL last year against Colorado in game They're one. They're afraid he re-aggravated that. Yeah, well, it, it's – you'd think it's it's a tear of some kind. A sprain is a partial tear, right? So it's either a sprain or a full yeah. tear, it seems like. Um, hopefully, you know, it's not too bad, you know, but uh, BYU – that's not BYU's problem. BYU got to go in there and play a game regardless of who the quarterback is. So – whether it's Josh Hoover, the redshirt freshman, yeah. or it's, uh, you know, Chandler Morris. I mean, so, TCU embarrassed Houston, but, again, I think Houston's the worst team in the conference. Houston stinks that, right now. The head-scratcher for me is how they played against Iowa State, four even, picks, lose, even losing Chandler Morris. Four picks, two from Morris, one from Hoover, um, and then one was a, you know, wide receiver pass from J.P. Richardson. Like, frankly, TCU probably weird. should have beaten West Virginia. TCU didn't put up enough points in this game, and, and uh, there was a blocked punt. Blocked um, field goal. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. So, so I, I, yeah, TCU has issues. TCU is absolutely winnable this Saturday for BYU. With that said, TCU has an, uh, like another level of speed and power that I am aware of when BYU goes and plays this game. I'm not saying BYU is just showing up and winning easy. Like, no, there's not a single game on the schedule like that. In fact, the only game where BYU showed up and it was easy was Southern Utah. It wasn't even easy against Sam Houston. So I respect TCU. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild uh, to think about where we are in feeling coming into this game, given the last literally nine days of TCU football have shown us things where it's like, oh, BYU can absolutely yes. go in there and win. Absolutely. Yes. If BYU wins in Fort Worth, I'm ready to put them in the top five of the conference. But it's You're like take, waiting for a more notable it's win. It's going to take a road win, yeah, because although TCU is not that notable of a win as much as we thought, but it is still TCU. Like this is not last year's team. They got lucky in some slash skilled, whatever you want to call it, in like seven one score games. They were yes. six and one. Like I, those seen, aren't happening this year. I've seen BYU. Sunny Dykes has said as much at Kansas with Southern. Kansas at full strength with their star quarterback playing and BYU. In, a, in many ways, what feels like to BYU fans, giving the game away, right? Like, if Kansas is the third best team and they're ranked and BYU is, like, right there with them and you come home, beat Cincinnati, and then you go on the road and beat TCU, I'm like, okay, all right, BYU, you're halfway into the season. Now you're, you're in the conversation. And, as, and you are yeah. a top five team. In now the you're a dark horse to make the Big 12 title game. Like, people are talking like that. But here's the thing. I would take one win in October if it comes this Saturday and the next Saturday at home, Texas, Texas Tech, Tech, and you're two and one. You go to Texas, you compete, you lose, whatever. Great. <laughs> like if BYU somehow gets two wins in October, 
I will be super happy. Okay, next one. Who's the biggest surprise team right now? West Virginia. No question. Yes. They were picked to finish last in the conference. Uh, like there were some salty players. Neil, Neil Brown and was coach like, Neil Brown was not happy. <laughs> we felt it in our interview with him. I think that's the one I missed. <laughs> I, I, I had to, to leave. I had to go to Austin, so I was like, leave. see ya. Yeah. Neil was not happy. Uh, and he I mean he spread the message. He's like, look, we got one of the best offensive lines. We have the one of Zach the Frazier is one of the best guards in the country. In the entire country. Yeah, he's really How good. can people rank us behind all four of the newcomers and rank <laughs> West Virginia dead last? Yeah. He was not happy. Mm-hmm. And his team, they're proving it right now. They are the biggest surprise. Yeah. And they're they're a they're a dark horse right now to get to the Big Twelve title game too. If they can pull some they don't sort have of stunning a, upset. They don't have a crazy schedule. Uh, I know. Down the stretch either. Iowa State uh, takes second by far. The, the, the win over Oklahoma State wasn't a big deal because we thought Oklahoma State stunk, but then they beat Kansas State. But the win against TCU was like, oh, okay. They, they're different. They're an entirely different team yes. than three weeks ago. And, and, they, and it was throwback unis for Jack Trice, Jack Trice Stadium, uh, yes. one of the first, if not the first, black player in college football history. Like, super cool. Um, yeah. Only yeah. stadium named after a black yes. player Amazing in, in college football. I will. If you haven't read the letter that Jack Trice wrote, like it's incredible. You gotta, you gotta see the story. Iowa State embraced that. Cool looking unis with like the the five stripes logo and everything. Big win against TCU, right? Big win. And they they're playing with a, a backup quarterback as well. Um, He's better so, than the starter, frankly. Yeah, Hunter Decker th- led the Big Twelve in picks last year with fourteen. So Rocco, what is it, Rocco Bent? I think. Yes. Something like that. Um, yeah, this this dude ran for 152. They had a they had a great game. They had a great game uh, yesterday. So yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, Iowa State, West Virginia, Iowa State, biggest surprise. Like a I am surprised. I am surprised that UCF's not any good in league right now too, because they were supposed to be like the best of the other four. Yeah, which we'll get to in a sec. But like they stunk in league play. Didn't Iowa State score seven points in a home loss against a MAC team? They lost to Iowa. Yeah. Ohio Sorry, on the road. Ohio. They also lost to Iowa. Yes. But Ohio. I think it was ten to seven, wasn't it? Was, it? it was ten to seven. <laughs> so it Iowa gets, State in league two and one. Ohio man. two and one. They they look nothing like the team that scored seven points against Ohio. Yeah, Drew Carey ain't yelling at anybody. Really. Man, oh man. All right, those are your surprise teams. We both said last week over the final seven games we're expecting BYU to go three and four. Yeah. And finish four and five in league play. Yes. After the weekend, are you still? feeling that three and four is the mark. Yes. I need to see BYU beat TCU, and then I would be like, now it's now it's four and three. Because like, that's a changed. game you would you're expecting I, I penciled to in the loss, but the winnability of this game is still high. Again, you, it's still a tough place to go and win. Like, if BYU goes and wins this game, absolutely, I'm, I'm going, okay, you're plus one on what I thought now. You're, you're above expected uh, wins right here. Oh, man. Is beating TCU the key to BYU having a winning league record? Maybe. You have to do something in October we don't expect. Because in October, we expect one and two. Like, West Virginia now looks just like an absolute gauntlet to go across the country in early November, a week after playing at Texas. Iowa State and Oklahoma State are two wins that in November we've said, hey, go and get those wins, and then we'll just see if you can't, uh, you know, Compete with uh, Oklahoma at home. And then West Virginia, we thought, is kind of a toss-up. That's a really tough game. Yes. So maybe you need to beat TCU just in case you go 1-3 and three in November. But I, I expect 2-2 two and two 
in November. I'm of the opinion that BYU is going to win a game that we are all like, whoa, we did not expect BYU to beat what? that team. Maybe it's is at that... West Virginia. Maybe it's at TCU. Maybe it's a shocker against Oklahoma or Texas. That would be fun. There will be one, one of those in there. There will be one of those in there. But that what's like, the head-scratching loss? Then? But the, that's that's going to be the counteracting thing. It's is like it Iowa State like, or Oklahoma oh, State man, at home? They lost to Iowa State at home. What would be a head-scratching loss at this point? Just I, Iowa State or Oklahoma State, State at home, Probably Iowa State at home right? or like losing at Oklahoma Sorry, State. Sorry, at Oklahoma State. One of those two would be a head-scratching <sighs> loss because he's like, ah, you got to win those. But what will those teams be when BYU finally crosses past? I don't know, because I thought Kansas State was good, and then they lost to stinky Oklahoma State. Like, there are no clunkers. (laughs) Like, we thought there were no clunkers. There are no clunkers. You got to show up for every game. You don't know. Kansas State, oh, we're the champs. You lose to Oklahoma State, who has, like, four quarterbacks. What's going on? Beat TCU, you got a shot to win eight games and finish with a winning record in the league. I'll take seven games. I don't need eight, but I'll take but seven. But three and four right now, yes, feels yeah. like the appropriate target still. What do you mean? We're running the table and going to the big game. Is BYU the best of the four newcomers? Yes. Yeah. It's not close right yes. now, right? No, UCF has been awful. 0-3 in the league. They're terrible against Kansas. They lost a terrible game against Baylor that we already talked about. Yeah, that on a cold. You're 35-7 to on your home field against Baylor. Yeah. You got to close that out. Uh, BYU beat Cincinnati head to head. Yep. They check. beat Houston head to head. So they beat UCF right now. Yeah. BYU is the best of the new forecomers. Yeah. Look at us. Hey. I, what's up? I don't think that should. Hey. Be a surprise, what's what's going on? UCF was picked to finish eighth, and remember, BYU was picked to finish eleventh in the preseason poll. Not like a huge difference. Oh, if the Cougars can be like top six, though. Oh, we'll take upper crust, oh, my upper goodness. half. Yeah, <laughs> upper half. I'd take it right now. You get Oklahoma going to like college football playoff, or and then Texas or Texas, whoever wins the Big Twelve championship, one of those teams is in the college football playoff. Potentially, right? And then At like, least in the sugar. if BYU is like a top five team or a top six team, you're playing a nice bowl game against a really good opponent. Riddle me this: anything but Independence, nice bowl game. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I saw. I read a TC article in the uh, Fort Worth Star Telegram. Right. I love reading me some telegrams uh, in the morning yeah. um, <laughs> with my unsugared uh, Cheerios uh-huh. that I grew up oh, eating. That sounds. Just delicious. kidding. I don't. Anyway, they were talking about. Hey, they're they've got to win three of the next six just to just to go to the Independence Bowl. They were like, <laughs> they were not happy about it either. Yeah, uh, BYU is clearly the best of the four at the moment. Um, and by the end of the year, I hope BYU is as well. UCF is the huge surprise there. Houston didn't expect a ton from, right? Cincinnati expected to be competitive, but kind of middle of the pack, kind of like BYU. So, hey, so far so good, man. But BYU's got to go out on the road and uh, and win, it, win a game now. I'm telling you. Like some of that Arkansas energy. BYU right? wins at TCU. Things are going to get very, very interesting. Five and one, two and one in league? Things will get very How fun is being in the Big 12, by the way? Every, Isn't this great? And watching every other oh team play. Oh, my gosh. We're yeah. not talking about Boise State anymore in a yeah. random one-off you, in the regular honest, season. Would you be honest, BYU fans? This would is you, great. Would you legitimately have had any interest in watching Kansas State and Oklahoma State <laughs> on a Friday night I'm, during BYU's bye week? I'm with San Diego over the bye week. I'm watching Iowa State and uh, TCU, and I'm like, this is the best. Also, I watched... Every snap of red zone yesterday, yeah. driving. It was one of the greatest days of my Football life. Football bye week for it sure. It was beautiful. Let's get to our Mailbag Monday, where you ask the questions and we answer them. Cameron Helis on Facebook yeah. presents question number one. 
I don't think it's crazy to have BYU as slight favorites if BYU is facing TCU's backup quarterback. What are your thoughts? Yeah, his name's Josh Hoover, highly sought uh, at TCU, redshirt freshman. Um, I'd still have TCU by a hair, just home home team. Still got quality there. I know they're coming off two losses. They're still a five-point favorite, as I, last I still saw. Still a five-point favorite. Still 28% FBI chance to win for BYU. So um, we don't know quite yet, but I, I would expect Hoover to be the starter. So, and, and I'd still have TC. Like, if I'm Vegas, do I think BYU is going to win the game if Josh Hoover starts? Like, it certainly helps BYU's cause. BYU has been contingent on turnovers. Yes. Like, if BYU d- plays an even game, I don't know. Like, BYU might need to be plus one or two with meaningful turnovers. What has TCU Still. accomplished this season? Uh, that, that's where I'm struggling with this and having a little bit of a what hard time with, with the Horned Frogs being a five-point favorite because you lost Beat to Colorado, SMU. and all of a sudden that, like, Colorado, yeah. like, that win is devalued for Colorado because TCU has not been that good. Yeah, and, and Colorado's coming down to earth. Yes. Yeah. They beat Nichols State by 35. They yeah. beat a bad Houston team. Beat SMU. Beat SMU, who's your primary rival. But then you you lose to West Virginia, and you lose to Iowa State by 13. I think there's an identity crisis for TCU. TCU looking very mid right now. Looking super mid. They're still good. They still are loaded with talent, but they have an identity crisis right now, and they don't have a starting quarter. BYU does not, which is we can kind of run the football, maybe, um, and we play good defense, and we're explosive. BYU knows what it is at this point. All that said, They'd like to be more. I still think the, the Horned Frogs has a slight favorite. I think five's too high, but as yeah. a slight favorite, feels appropriate. By the, by the way, prepare yourself for this this week. So they do they do the Horned Frog thing. It's yeah. this. I, fish, I finally learned it. It's that. I, it spits blood out of its Is eyes. Is a Horned like, Frog down? <laughs> <laughs> Number seven. You're going to get fired by the league. Number seven, BYU women's soccer playing a big game tonight. Hey, Cougars. Only team in the Big 12 with no conference home win. That changes They have three ties. They're playing Kansas State, 7 Eastern, a little earlier than normal on Big 12 now on ESPN+. Up next, it's time for a loaded edition of Maddich Monday. What does he make of the current wild state of the Big 12? And does he think BYU should beat TCU? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. And he's going down for the first time tonight, Tyler Batty. The freshman, Martin's got a first down. Martin's loose. We fight. We're going to win some games. We're going to be a powerhouse in the Big 12. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Once again, it's a game week for Cougar football following a bye on Saturday. To help us recap what in the world happened in the Big 12 over the weekend is ESPN college football analyst and insider, all-around good man, it's Trevor Maddich, back for another Maddich Monday. Trevor, BYU, again, had the bye, but my goodness, what a strange, crazy, wild, fun weekend in the Big 12. What do you make of what the Big 12 conference is after what you watched this weekend? Absolutely unpredictable and crazy, with the exception probably of the top of it. I mean, what a what a game between Texas and Oklahoma. I mean, the, the first quarter was insane. I mean, it opened up with turnovers, a block punt for a touchdown, every kind of crazy low percentage impact play that could happen happened in the first quarter of that game, and then they kind of settled in. 
and uh, and what a finish for Oklahoma. I mean, uh, most people picked Texas to win that game, you know. And then you know Iowa State. People didn't expect them to be able to beat TCU coming into the weekend. Oklahoma State. They thought Kansas State. A lot of people did. I thought. Kansas State would smoke them, and all of a sudden, Oklahoma State comes out and beats Kansas State, the defending Big 12 champs. So there was all kinds of weird stuff going on in the conference. It is weird uh, that TCU has lost two in a row, West Virginia and Iowa State now. Also weird, ESPN's FPI still only gives BYU a 28% chance to win this game Saturday afternoon in Fort Worth. What do you make of the Cougars' chances at TCU Saturday, given what we've seen the last couple of weeks from the Horn Frogs? Well, you know, BYU, they may be facing a team without their starting quarterback. Chandler Morris is, uh, he had to leave, I think, in the third quarter last week against West Virginia. And the backup came in, and he's a talented kid, but he struggled early. And so, you know, he fumbled the ball, and then he threw an interception. And and so he's kind of got to get kind of into a rhythm there to get all of his talent onto the field. And I haven't heard anything specific about whether or not Morris will be available for this game. But if he is, he might be dinged up. He was holding his knee when he was sitting on the ground when, when he was hurt last week. So, you know, I, I, I wish him well. I, I hope he's there so BYU has a chance to face them at their most healthy. But at the same time, that, from a standpoint of catching a break, would be a big one if Morris can't go. Trevor, I said last week that if BYU beats TCU in Fort Worth this Saturday, I feel like I'm ready to go there emotionally, that the Cougars are a top-five team in the Big 12. Are they already in the top five, given all the parity, or do you feel like me, like the Cougars have to win at TCU to deserve a top-five billing there in conference? No, I think winning at TCU will give them more credibility toward that direction because regardless of who plays quarterback, TCU is a lot better than people give them credit for. TCU lost a lot of guys off of last year's team that went to the national championship game against Georgia, but they restocked in the transfer portal really well. And again, Morris, especially if he plays, Morris won the starting job last year, then he got hurt. And Max Duggan took over at quarterback for TCU last year, ended up going to New York as one of the Heisman finalists. So, so Morris didn't get to get to have the season that he wanted personally, although certainly from a team standpoint, they did. But TCU is is still a tough out. So I, I, you know, it would be a great win if BYU can pull it off. Is BYU in the top four? Well, in order to to go there, uh, the running game needs to be a lot better, or the passing game needs to be massively better. One of the two, because BYU right now in the Big Twelve ranks last in total offense yards per game, and it's because they rank last in rushing yards per game. And it's hard to be one-dimensional when you're facing better teams in this conference. Certainly turnovers uh, were a big story for Iowa State. West Virginia blocks a couple of kicks, one that would have tied, one that also would have won the game for TCU. What role will those intangibles and, and takeaways uh, play in this Saturday's game in your mind? You know, I think there'll be something. It's It's been kind of a feature of Big 12 games, and it's been kind of a feature for BYU games as well whether it's special teams or defense scoring or offense doing something kind of crazy that puts them kind of behind the curve a little bit. Uh, TCU's been doing that. BYU's been doing that. The question, I think, is partially what big plays will happen that are kind of off schedule that aren't expected. But even more than that, it's which team can either capitalize on it or on the other side cannot freak out about it. 
because BYU as as kind of an older team, more mature team, uh, they recruit to the honor code. So there, there are certain advantages BYU has right there from a standpoint of accepting coaching and being disciplined. And when bad things happen so far this year, BYU has mostly responded to it very well. It's one of the reasons they're four and one. BYU's four and one. I mean, we're sitting here talking about the the flaws on the team, and that's important because of where they want to go. You've got to get some of those things fixed. But at the same time, they're four and one. And a big reason is that when things have gone poorly, BYU has not freaked out about it. And that's something that'll that'll be a, just a great feature of this team going forward in this conference as they continue to build up their depth on the roster. ESPN's Trevor Maddich is on BYU Sports Nation. It's another Maddich Monday as the Cougars prepare for a trip to Dallas-Fort Worth, Fort Worth specifically for that showdown with TCU. Trevor, you mentioned we've talked a lot about the flaws that BYU has, and frankly, I mean, it, it is what it is. It's, it's a reality. But off the bye week, what do you feel like is the most fixable flaw for BYU to help the Cougars push towards something that they hope is special the remainder of the season? You know, the I, I think the most – the running game can improve a lot. Then there's two ways for it to happen. One is for the offensive line to kind of bear down a little bit more. I know they've been kind of angry individually and as a unit about some of the criticism that they've been receiving, and that's that's good. They need to get that anger into practice because it's practice that will carry over to the game. But I like that. And playing angry is one of the things that will help them take the next step in terms of the running game. Another thing is Aaron Roderick, the offensive coordinator and the offensive brain trust for BYU can help the offensive line by scheming certain ways. In other words, by, by helping them out with lead blocks, you know, the Tennessee Titans did this uh, last week or two weeks ago, actually, uh, when they played the Cincinnati Bengals, their offensive line had a lot of injuries and they were really struggling. And so instead of asking the offensive line, this is the Titans now, to push forward to block multiple defenders who have leverage on the play side, they just weren't good enough to do that. What they did was they had a fullback in the backfield. The fullback went out and blocked the end guy, so the offensive line didn't have to push forward. They can block the guys right in front of them and get double teams. There's things like that that can happen, and I think with a bye week, they may have schemed to kind of help that a little bit. Speaking of uh, scheming, in the NFL, we've seen the, the tush push, the brotherly shove from the Eagles. Do you think that that rule will be changed in the NFL at all? And what should BYU do on third and fourth down when it comes to this? Can BYU do a tush push? Well, if it's legal, then they, <laughs> they, they may want to try it. I don't like it. I, I don't think it should be legal because you've got this massive humanity pushing on that poor quarterback from both sides. And so far, I haven't seen anybody get hurt, but I, that may be a minor miracle that nobody's gotten hurt because if he gets into an awkward position and now everybody's pushing and he can't adjust, it could be it could be kind of bad. And so I, I, I don't – that's more rugby than football. If you want to have a quarterback sneak, have the quarterback sneak. You know, but I don't think that people should, especially multiple people, come up from behind the quarterback and push that pile just because I think I think it's a risk. Um, if BYU wants to do that, great. It's legal. Nobody's gotten hurt yet. That's just a personal opinion from my standpoint. Well, no pile pushing necessary for that wild game you referenced off the top of our conversation today between Texas and Oklahoma. Beautiful drive by Dylan Gabriel at the end to put Oklahoma ahead. And Texas still had a shot at the end zone with a Hail Mary that was knocked down and fell short. 
That said, Trevor, they're clearly the two best teams in the Big 12. Is there anybody else in the conference, maybe Kansas, maybe West Virginia, that could sneak in there to a Big 12 championship game, or are we headed for a rematch between the Longhorns and the Sooners? Kansas has already lost to Texas, but they so and Texas has already lost one. So right now, if those are the two that are competing for the the second spot in the Big 12 championship game, Texas would have to lose another conference game. Right now, you know, you look at the teams that have zero or one loss. There's a whole bunch of them in conference play. It's you know, it goes down about about seven uh, teams, and Kansas State is still alive. From that standpoint, I don't think Oklahoma State is going to make it there. I think it's a it's a complete free for all as to who's going to be number three. Then the question is, since Oklahoma's in the driver's seat at three and zero in conference, what will happen with Texas? Because Texas, with one conference loss, if they sweep the rest of the conference and they're certainly good enough to do it, they certainly should do it. Then everybody else is just jockeying for a bowl position essentially. But if Texas loses another one then all of a sudden you've got all kinds of possibilities of teams that could pop up in there. And it could be anybody. I mean, Kansas having lost to Texas can still get there if, if they went out and Texas loses another game. Kansas, Kansas is a tough out. Their defense plays hard. Their offense is very difficult to defend. BYU fans saw it. You know, the way that they're able to do so many different option plays that combine passes and runs, and they can throw the ball down the field if they need to. It's a really unique offense, and that makes them tough. Iowa State at 2-1, and one, you know, they've got a stout defense. And if you've got a stout defense and don't mistake, make mistakes on offense, then there's stuff you can do. Texas Tech right now is 2-1 in conference. And remember that they came within one score, I think it was, what, 38-30 to 30 against Oregon. Yeah. yeah. And Oregon's one of the best teams in the country. They're, they're a legitimate top four team right, right now, Oregon is. And so Texas Tech went toe-to-toe -to -toe with those guys. So you can't count them out. I mean, there's a this conference is, is going to be wide open for that number three spot. And if Texas falters or if Oklahoma falters, then all of a sudden you're going to have a free-for-all. And that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Okay, let's talk about the NFL. Fred Warner uh, was unbelievable last night on Sunday Night Football against the Cowboys. He had a sack and an interception and a forced fumble, eight tackles. Is he the best defensive player from BYU in the NFL ever? He might be. Uh, you know, now I'm trying to scroll through guys. There have been some very good players, but, but Fred is such an impact player. I mean, it starts with the fact that he is so – his football intelligence is off the charts. He recognizes what's happening in front of him. He anticipates based on his study, and he gets that jump so that he can he can beat blockers to the mesh point and get into the backfield or get to the ball carrier or get to the pass route earlier, a step earlier than most people might. You combine that anticipation and that football intelligence with the physical ability because he's very, very fluid. And when he gets there, he gets there with bad intentions. And I love that. And so you put all those things together. This guy is as complete a football player as you'll find on the defensive side of the ball, really anywhere in the NFL. So, you know, from a standpoint of, of coming out of BYU, is he the best? If there's a better one, I'd like to know who it is. And I'll tell you, it is so much fun to watch him play and represent BYU. At least in my mind, he's representing BYU. I like to believe that. <laughs> Absolutely. He's, uh, he's, 
I've spoken to him rather recently. He's true blue through and through for sure. Trevor, great to talk with you. We appreciate the insights on another loaded edition of Maddich Monday. Can't wait to talk again soon. Thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich of ESPN on BYU Sports Nation. He's right. The, the race for third place in the Big 12 is wide open. Yeah, Texas securely in second place still. Uh, it's just who's going to be third. Someone has to knock him off, I guess. Okay, BYU football with Klein Stake uh, is back, and it's tomorrow night at 8.30 Eastern time. Going to recap the Cincinnati game and look ahead to TCU, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app Tuesday night. Listen, I don't want to talk about conference expansion, but it's back again. Gonzaga to the Big 12, rumors swirling. Do we actually think that's going to happen? This is BYU Sports Nation. I thought we left there late. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media. Hey, we're on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to the show. I am Spencer. He is Jerem. So, got a lot to talk about. Yeah. Beginning with today's headlines. After a bye week, BYU football headed to TCU Saturday afternoon. Pre-game on BYU TV, BYU Radio, 1.30 Eastern time. The Monday press conference live at 2 Eastern today on the BYU football social media. Moments ago, BYU versus Texas Tech on October 21st. Homecoming! Come on, night game! 7 Eastern oh. on FS1. So it's barely not that 6 p.m. threshold of 26 and 3 since 2019. 6 p.m. or later, 14, 13 before. But I do like that personally. Like a five mountain kick time is pretty. Listen, BYU will start to play really well in the second quarter. <laughs> After six. that's when they'll kick it in. <laughs> Cougars in the NFL part one, beginning with Zach Wilson, who helped lead the New York Jets to a 31-21 win in Denver over the other Wilson, Battle Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Zach, 19 for 26, 199 yards, late interception, 26 rushing yards. Puka Nakua. Playing well, stood for the Rams. Hey. Seven catches, 71 yards, Wait, that's and it? a Seven? touchdown in a 23-14 loss to the Eagles. Cooper Cup is back. Yeah. Still caught seven passes. Fred Warner helped lead the 49ers to an absolute thrashing of the Cowboys, 42-10. He did a little bit of everything. Sack, force fumble, interception, team high eight tackles. He's unbelievable. Tyler Algier, 17 carries for 40 yards for the Falcons. 21-19 walk-off win against the Texans. Taysom Hill, three rushes for 19. In a Saints 35-0 win against the Patriots. Woo! Crazy. Kyle Van Noy had a tackle for the Ravens and they lost to the Steelers. Uh, Baltimore blew it late. Blake Freeland got his first career start for the Colts right at right tackle. 23-16 win over the Titans. Uh, Zane Anderson ruled out tonight for the Packers against the Raiders with a hamstring. Number 10, BYU women's volleyball sweeping Oklahoma on the road on hey. Saturday in Norman. The Cougars had a season-high 400 for the match. Led by Aaron Livingston's 22 kills. BYU now 14-3 on the season. They're 3-2 in Big 12 play. Up next, the match with Texas Tech at home. Dude, Aaron uh, hit over 700. She was, she was unbelievable. Number seven, BYU women's soccer is Kansas State tonight. 7 Eastern on Big 12 now on ESPN+. Cougs look to get their first Big 12 home win after three straight draws at Southfield. Tied for fourth in the league with 12 points. Need three points tonight with yes, the dub. in the worst way. Connor Mance and Clayton Young hit the Olympic standard yesterday at the Chicago Marathon. Outstanding. Mance finished sixth with a time of two hours, seven minutes, and 47 seconds. Young just behind him. Seventh, time of two hours and eight minutes. When we say hitting the Olympic standard, both have qualified for the Olympic trials, hey. which will take place between June 21st and the 30th in Oregon next year. 
Very cool. Jim Fredette helped Team Miami, uh, who who uh, didn't have to kneel it this time, to a second place finish at the three-on-three -three World Tour in Amsterdam. Good song by Guster over the weekend as he hopes to make the Paris Olympics representing the United States next year. And finally, BYU men's golf teeing off today at the Big 12 match play event in Houston, Texas. The event goes through Wednesday, features all teams in the Big 12. The Cougars going head-to-head -head with Kansas State in the first round of match play. And congratulations to former BYU men's golf standout Patrick Fishburne, yeah! who has been working so hard on the Corn Ferry Tour for a number of years and has earned his PGA Tour card. Very nice. That deserves some clapping. The, the Ginger cool. Quake. Ginger Quake. The redheaded, awesome, all-star, all-American. Like, where are you going? <laughs> that can hit the ball just a country mile off yeah. tee. That's where the quake comes from. I mean, he, it's like an earthquake when he hits the ball off the tee. Amazing. He's yeah. on the PGA Tour. Yeah, baby. Those are today's headlines. Now we whip. The Cougar Whip represented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. CBS Sports College basketball analyst Seth Davis reports the Big 12 has, quote, resumed high-level conference realignment talks with Gonzaga, end quote. Do you believe the Zags will actually be in the Big 12 at some point? No, I don't. I don't either. Next. I just don't, I, I don't see how that works logistically. I don't, I don't believe it. If it happens, great, but I don't believe it. No. In ESPN's updated bowl projections from Mark Schlebaugh, he has BYU facing, get this, LSU. Oh. In the Tax Act Texas Bowl. Well done. Um, should BYU just stop playing and take this bowl game immediately? I would like to see the final seven, <laughs> but I would that would be fun. That would be really fun. It'd it's be a good great bowl to against, cross the 50 against LSU. Can we cross the 50? <laughs> <laughs> against LSU. Yeah. Uh, Miami could have taken a knee against Georgia Tech and won the game. Instead, they ran the ball, fumbled. Georgia Tech drove down, scored a touchdown with one second left to win. Is that the grossest mismanagement of the clock you've ever seen? No, that, that's probably hyperbole. Like, there, I'm sure there's some other grosser mismanagement of the clock. I just can't think of it right now. But I will say this. Mario Cristobal, the head coach of Miami, has been burned by this before, Jerem. Mm. This is the second time it's happened to him. Really? Yes. Kneel the ball. In 1974, BYU lost a game in similar fashion to Colorado State, uh, where they fumbled the ball late and Colorado State scored. I believe it was Colorado State. It was the 7-4-1 team. They yes. bounced back and went to the Fiesta Bowl yes. and won the whack. But it happened to BYU in a similar manner that year as well. Well, I initially wanted to answer this question with Taysom Hill being hurt as a freshman. Utah State. By not kneeling the ball against Utah State when the game was over in 2012. I remember where I was when I heard that. Yeah. But that's not like really clock mismanagement as it was, far as like why a miscommunication. Are we running the ball why are you running the ball? The game's over. So that's where I initially went, but I was like, that doesn't really qualify as clock mismanagement. We're just upset that Taysom got Yes. BYU will be wearing white helmets, white jerseys, and royal pants against TCU. I didn't know that BYU had a white helmet. I had forgotten. <laughs> Do you good. like this uniform combination? I love when they're, uh, yeah, I love all of the combos. Yes. There's only yes. one that I didn't really like. I'm not going to tell you what it was. But uh, yeah, I love the white helmet. I love variation. I love royal. Uh, yeah. I love Royal more than Navy. I'm not anti-Navy, though. This used to be my favorite BYU oh, uniform combination. What happened? Of all. And then I saw the, yeah, then I saw the Royal Oreo. Then I saw the Royal the helmet Royal with the white jerseys and the blue pants. Yeah. BYU won at USC Royal in those Royal. uniforms. They have now won at Arkansas in those uniforms. Oh, superstition uniform, guys. Yes. Will yes. BYU have multiple reps in the Paris Olympics next summer? Absolutely. Jimmer Fredette, Connor Mance, Clayton Young. Yeah. They're all going to be in the Olympics in Paris. Don't forget Kenneth Rooks, Kenneth Courtney Wayman, Zach McWhorter, maybe Lexi Halliday-Lowry. I mean, we got we got people, mostly runners. 
right? Jimmer's going to play basketball and in the Olympics. James Fredette might be in the Olympics. He's going to play basketball in the Olympics. That's How cool exciting. is that? All right, Pepperdine University's president, Jim Gash, unbelievably hit a half-court shot to win a student free tuition. Hold on, his name's Jim Gash? Yes. That's a fun name. And it's expensive tuition. Oh, Pepperdine yeah. is so expensive. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's why I didn't go there. Holy cow. Uh, how confident are you that President Reese at BYU oh, could make a half-court shot to win tuition? Shane's my dude, and he knows the statistical probabilities of all this stuff, so he, he could absolutely put himself in position to make it. But what I really want to show is just a clip of our producer, Colton Potter, doing the same thing a few years ago. Yes. For the Yeah, at halftime. This is when he was a student. Oh! Bang! Bang! From half-court, eight thousand dollars and listen eight grand that's uh like that's... almost a year's tuition at byu now it was probably like 250 bucks after <laughs> tithing taxes and his agent but luckily colton was very calm in his yeah. approach once he made it did he go over the oh i think we may need to review the step yeah, over as long as you're on the y yeah Whatever. you're good you're it's right. all good. good uh he did not use it for tuition <laughs> i know he used it for an epic trip to disneyland <laughs> you should bro <laughs> you should <laughs> up next it's Monday, and that means more Monday that. mailbag questions to get to. Plenty that you have. We need to answer them after the break. This is BYU Sports Nation. Answer some questions already. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on a mailbag Monday. That was a break that I wish people could have seen. We're getting fired up. But <laughs> so thinking about... Zags and youth in the big expansion. Slot. Like what? <laughs> what are you guys doing here? This is our thing. Uh, okay, you're coming your in. Mailbag Monday questions. Uh, Jonathan Hoke on X asks, "What area of the game does BYU need to control the most on Saturday to have the best shot at leaving Fort Worth with a win?" I'll answer very quickly. Turnovers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Straight up. Kansas and Cincinnati. We're were lost and won respectively on takeaways and and Arkansas. BYU was Arkansas. losing the game while they were losing the turnover battle, and then all of a sudden they were winning the turnover battle and winning the BYU game. BYU needs it. Well, every game, every, this team needs it more because they're not running the football. Yeah, and they're extremely opportunistic. When they get turnovers, they pay they them score. off. They score in a lot turnovers. of touchdowns. 100%. All right, John Weaver on Facebook. It looks like some teams we thought would be unbeatable are beatable. Who do you think are some possible pickup wins now for BYU? Well, for one, TCU is becoming that type of potential pickup yes. win. Yes. Who's unbeatable? Only o uh, Oklahoma and Texas feel like they're going to be hard to win. BYU has a less yeah. than 10% chance to win both of those games, according to the, the football power index. Everybody else, BYU's got a shot to win or lose. Like, it's not just about winning. BYU could lose those games, too. You gotta show up. You can't have Kansas, where you're minus three, to yeah. lethal turnovers. You will lose that game. Now, those were weird, unlucky bounces. And, uh, you know, Parker Kingston can protect the ball, but the Isaac Rex one is just straight luck. Yes. Only. Like, pick six city. You know, BYU got it with Jacob Robinson. A pickup win? Read, read it well and made a play. Pickup win. Like, I'm feeling worse about West Virginia. Pickup win? But better about TCU. Yeah. TCU's the only pickup win in that. All right. By the way, we're about to place a pickup today. Media Madness with men's basketball. The, 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 there's going to be a practice and scrimmage with the media. <laughs> We need to be on the same team, just, by the way. We got to rig people, that. Let's hope people don't get hurt. <laughs> yeah, no ankles. No, in, no, no ankles. No ankles. No ankles. No, take it easy. Ronald Weaver the yes. third. Our mailbag question of the day, presented by Pax Healthcare Elevated. Uh, Kyle Nelson on Instagram asks Should BYU be receiving votes 
in the rankings in spite of winning games but having obvious issues? Uh, lots of teams have issues. I don't think BYU should be in the top 25 per se. Should like BYU, uh, someone to receive votes, someone needs to vote them in the top 25. Yeah, BYU was receiving votes after they beat Arkansas and were three. Did they receive no votes yesterday? I didn't even look. No votes. No votes. Yep. No I award you no vo votes and may God We're living in a world yeah. where Wyoming and Air Force <laughs> are like two and three spots out of the top 25 and BYU is not receiving votes at four. Well, one. perception's everything, right? Like Utah's four and one as well and ranked like 16th. I would argue BYU's resume is equal to uh, or better. Like, yes, uh, beating Florida, Florida and UCLA. Those are, those are, yeah, Florida beat Tennessee. You know, I, I don't know. I, I think. If it was a, just a clean slate, you didn't rank anyone till later, like, eh, I don't know if Utah's that high. Well, if Utah's ranked, like, BYU should at least be receiving votes when you just, like, look right, at Right, like, the how resume. much better is that resume? Like resume. Not that much. <sighs> hey, beat TCU, and you'll be receiving votes at 5-1. and one. Beat TCU, you might be in. Oh, my gosh. Maybe. 5-1? Five five one? One. You don't have, like, a monster win quite yet. But, yeah. All right, we got to wrap up today's show with a rise, and shout-out to... Ooh, any number of worthy candidates. Who's going to get it today? This is hmm. BYU Sports Nation. Is that a clue? Hmm. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics, as we welcome you back to the show. And look, we got, we got a statue in, in studio to commemorate this. Cool, cool thing by Dan Hansen, uh, All-American safety from BYU. He had 369 tackles, by the way, uh, in his career here. Um, he donated this to the set for the time being, which is cool. Uh, it's a bronze sculpture of a, a cougar, and we love it. It's going to be in the Cougar Council room. Holy from now cow. On. It's awesome. 18 Thanks, picks in his career, two pick sixes. That's amazing. He was the Jacob Robinson of his day. <laughs> Our thanks to today's guest, Trevor Maddich. Sorry to Dennis. We ran out of For Jerem, I am Spencer. And an additional shout-out to Leon White. BYU's 4-1. You remember that? I heard that. They're 4-1. Get a soccer win tonight. Yes. Go Cougs.